0: go ahead and subscribe, and you'll be the first to know when we release more content in the future. Thanks for listening in, and be blessed.
1: As much as I can, is that all right? Good, so this morning we're gonna look at tongues in a sense of, and I had to make this nice little picture, why not, (laughs) drawing water for every need. Now this morning we're gonna talk about how tongues draws water out for you. Now if you're going, what in the world, why do I need water, blah, 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 it doesn't, I'm gonna show you why you need water in just a moment, but I wanna say this too. I was actually sharing, uh, Mr. Burt was actually talking to me this morning about, and he, he mentioned dehydration. And honestly, I never thought about this, and I thought it after I walked away. So I was listening. I was, I was listening. But he said dehydration, and it, and it made me think about something. And we're going to talk about water in just a moment. But before we do, you know that dehydration makes your body break down. You know that, right? Now, knowing that, I probably said that at the wrong time. We're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit draws water out for you. Okay? So let's pick up in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And I don't want to be stuck here for too long, so I'm just going to read 10 to uh, verse 14. If you haven't read the story, read it for yourself. And everyone said, Amen. Because we all, anyways, (laughs) I won't make fun of you. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered and said to the woman, the Samaritan woman, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Say living. Living. Living water not dead water. What's the opposite of living? Dead. Dead. You would have asked him and he wouldn't have given you dead water. He would have given you living living water. So a couple years ago, I did some research and I found out that there is actually a Jewish term. And what they do is they call it living water. Whenever the rain comes down, it's the favor of God. It's the blessings of God coming down. Don't forget in the promised land, the water, the main water source was not from a river. The main water source came from the heavens are you with me so if god favors them the water will come down so right here the jews they have this mindset that when the rain comes what they would do is whenever a certain time of year came for a certain feast uh the water libation ceremony what they would do is they would say a prayer from david but if they weren't favored by god and god didn't send rain on that day how do you still have the water ceremony what they would do is they would make these large barrels and they would collect the rain water all right then On the day of the water ceremony, they would pour the water out and say, God has favored us. Now, it's an imitation, but suffice to say, that's what they would do. All right. And they would quote from Psalms. Now, suffice to say that this, okay, knowing all of that, keep in mind, dead water to a Jewish mindset is water that has no outlet or no inlet. If water is contained in one space, that water is what they call dead water, stagnant water. Water that sits still for too long can collect mosquitoes, parasites. But water that has an inlet and an outlet, that water is not stagnant. That water flows. And they call that water living water. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So what is Jesus telling us? I'm going to give you something that is going to be called living water. I'm not just going to pour into you. It's going to pour into you so that it can pour out of you. Now, don't let it just sit in you. Because all of us have a point. And he says, David said, my cup runs over. But at some point you have to let it run out. (laughs) Are you with me? God doesn't want you to be stagnant. He wants the water in you to be flowing. Now suffice to say this, he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and who drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Yes. That was a lot of verses. <laughs> I wanted to say all that to say this. The difference between the water she wants and the water he is giving is location. You come to this water, you'll have to keep coming back. You'll have to keep coming back. And this woman's coming at the time when nobody else is there because she's embarrassed of everyone else. Now at the end of the day, that water won't help her. It might satisfy for a moment, but it won't help her in the end. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna fix two problems with one. Are you ready? I'm not gonna make you come here anymore for life. Now I'm gonna put life inside of you. Are you with me? I'm gonna put life inside of you. Now the beauty of living water is this, living water makes things come alive. Are you with me? It makes things come alive. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but we may not have time to get there because I have a lot to share. In Second Kings, there's a story. There's a story in Second Kings. I think it's chapter two. And they come to Elisha. Elisha. His name. His name is interesting. El God. Eli God is. Shah comes from Yeshua. God is my salvation. And what you see is they say Elisha. They're in Jericho, and they say the 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 water is bad. And the soil around it is bad because the water is bad. He comes and says, put salt into the water. Thus saith the Lord, the water has been healed. All of a sudden, the condition of the water changes the condition of the soil around it. Are you hearing me? Now, the beauty of this for me is this, all right? Jesus talked about four types of soil, four types of hearts. That when a person comes in, if they don't understand, they're like the wayside. If a person receives it but is like thorns or like stones, they will never produce in the end. But right here, God is giving every minister, and all of you are ministers, and everyone said? God is giving us a secret, how to make sure your words fall on good soil. Put salt into the water. What is salt a picture of? Grace. Grace. Paul said, let every conversation be seasoned with salt. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Salt. And when you put grace in your mouth, when you let the Holy Spirit speak from you, you'll change the condition of the water. I promise you the soil will go from bad to good. Just by praying in the spirit, you can make more people start hearing what you have to say. So I've been praying in the spirit a lot. (laughs) I want you to hear me. (laughs) Are you with me? Now, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. I apologize. Here we go. So where are we at? John chapter 4. All that to say in him. So what is the point? God has now put a well inside of you. And that well springs up into life. Whatever you need, life. If there's something in your life that seems to be dying, pray in the Spirit, and you'll be pouring life onto it, living water into it. If a relationship seems to be falling apart, and you go, I believe this is a God-ordained relationship, or even if you're confused, I don't know if this is a God-ordained relationship, pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, who knows the heart of God, knows the will of God, will pray the perfect will of God for you. And as you let him pray with you, because he doesn't pray for, as you let him pray with you, he will pour life into that situation. Now, if that's not a good situation, he'll move them out of your life. But if it's a God-ordained situation, he will bring life to where there seems to be death. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Now, where is this at? In you. It's in you. Aren't you glad you don't have to wait for Sunday to get it? I want you to come back on Sunday, but you don't have to wait until Sunday to get it. It's in you. All you have to do is open your mouth and pray in the spirit. And as you pray, it's in you. Can we take it one step further? John chapter seven, just a few chapters later, John chapter seven. And this is on the day of that ceremony we were talking about the water ceremony on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink verse 38. He who believes in me as scripture has said out of his heart. Will flow rivers of living water. Now, I put these two in gold for a reason. And, oh man, this got me excited when I saw it. Let's start from the first one. Verse 38. He who believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? All right. He who believes in me as the scripture has said. Now, this is where it gets uh, particular. All right, we'll use that word, particular. You know why? Because there's many believers who don't believe in Jesus as the scripture has said. They see God as a judge. Because on Mount Sinai, God was judge. So surely God must always be judge. In the Old Testament, God is saying, your sin is catching up, your sin is catching up. I will have to punish you because your sin is catching up to you. And they always say, God is waiting to judge because that's the God we saw in the old. Jesus did not say he who believes in God as the scripture has said in the past. He said, as scripture has said of me. What did scripture say about Jesus before he came? In Isaiah, he is a wonderful counselor. He's a savior. He is a savior. He's not coming to judge you. He's coming to save you. And the problem with most of the church is we're still waiting for a judge. And Jesus is saying, I'm not here to judge. I'm here to save. Let me save you. (laughs) Come on. He is the great savior. He's here to save us. And the problem is this. As long as you don't see him as the scripture has said about him, you'll miss the point. Now, knowing that, watch this. As scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water now why out of his heart do you know that your heart is the gateway for everything god has for you did you know that your heart is the gateway of all the things that solomon says the most wisest man to ever walk other than christ solomon said this in proverbs if you don't get anything i tell you get this guard your heart with all diligence guard your heart guard your heart guard your heart why Because out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it flows everything you need for life. Your heart is the gateway for the spirit. The moment you say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior, all your sin is put on Jesus at the cross. Now you stand as the righteousness of God in Christ. Now the spirit of Christ and your spirit are one. Now the spirit lives inside of you. Your spirit and the spirit of Christ are one. The two have become one. But everything that the Holy Spirit wants to do, he does it through the doorway or the gateway of your heart. Everything comes through the doorway of your heart. So if your heart is clogged with worries, if your heart is clogged with care, if your heart is clogged with stress, it's not his fault. (laughs) It's our fault because we let our heart get clogged with all the worries of life. It's like uh, like the thorny ground. All the cares of this life choke out what God wants to do for you. And God is on the other end of the pipe going, I'm funneling everything you need and more. I'm funneling everything plus more. Everything you'll ever need for me, I'm sending it to you right now in, the name, in my name, in the name of Jesus. I'm sending everything you need through this funnel. But on the other end of it, we're standing here with all the worries. What if this doesn't work out? And we throw a rock in the way. And what if this doesn't work out for me either? And we throw another rock. And all the while he's going, I'm, what, 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 what more can I do? You have to stop letting yourself get stressed out. Stop letting yourself get worried. Stop letting all the cares of life stop what I'm trying to do for you. Now, I can say that and make everyone feel bad. But you know that Jesus gives us the secret to removing every care and every worry. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said this. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, people in the world are seeking after. But seek first God's kingdom, it's Jesus, and his and all those things will be added unto you what's the secret your heavenly father knows your heavenly father knows we worry about problems because we don't believe that god knows we stress out about life because we don't believe that god knows but the moment you know that the god who created the universe knows and he cares i don't have to care about it anymore i don't have to care about it anymore Because my heavenly father, the one who created this entire universe, he knows and he cares. And now that I know that, I can start removing the things that are stressing me out. I can start removing the problems that are stopping the life that's flowing to me. Are you with me? And what is Jesus telling us right here? Out of your heart will flow what? Rivers. Now, I showed you John 4 first to show you this. John 4, there's a well. A well is good for one person, but now Jesus is saying in John chapter 7, hey, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You're about to have rivers flowing out. I submit to you, the more it becomes a small well, the more you do it, the more water you pull out, God is saying, just keep pulling water out until it becomes rivers. Just keep pulling water out until that water becomes rivers. And I'm telling you, the more you do it, it might seem like, well, there's a, there's a hindrance. I can only do a little bit at a time. That's fine. Pull out as much as you can pull out. And then 10 minutes later, go back and pull some more out. Keep pulling it out. Keep praying in the spirit. Keep praying. Because as you pray in the spirit, that little bit will turn into rivers. And God loves rivers. You know why? Because these rivers are living water. So everywhere it seems to be death, just pray in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. And the more you pray in the spirit, I'm telling you, life will spring forth. Next time that co-worker comes to you, just pray in the spirit. Not in their face. That's rude. Do it before they come. (laughs) All right. Don't, my wife's not in here. Don't do it in your spouse's face. She knows now. She knows. I know what you're saying. But this he spoke, verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I submit to you, we have something that Abraham did not have. We have something that David did not have. We have something that no one in the Old Testament had. We have the ability to pray in the spirit and let the Holy Spirit bring everything that God wants to do in our lives. Oh man. Oh man, I'm excited. Can I show you something about rivers? Watch this. Before we do, watch this. You do the one so much so that it will become many. Alright? Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul is talking about praying in the Spirit. Verse 4 he says this, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now we've shared this before. But years ago, we thought it was edifies his spirit. That's not the case. All right, let me say this. Your spirit has become one spirit with Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit. Your spirit and his spirit are one. When you pray in the spirit, you're not building your spirit up. How perfect is the Holy Spirit? It's perfect. My spirit was failing. So he took his spirit and my spirit and became one. Now his life has become my life. My spirit is perfect. If Jesus is your savior, your spirit is perfect. You don't need to build your spirit up. Your spirit is fine. All right? <laughs> the other parts need to be built up. So what happens is this. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. Now the word edify, again, we've, we've shared this before, is the word oiko, yo. Now oiko is the first part. Oiko means to build, rebuild, or repair. Domyo comes from the word dome. It's where we get the idea of a, of a football dome, right? Dome. It speaks of a building or of a house. Put the two together, you have build rebuild repair the dome or the house now who is the house of god today we are we are, we are the house of god so when you pray in the spirit you're building repairing or uh, building rebuilding repairing the house of god you're building rebuilding repairing you you because you are the house of god are you with me and again we thought this meant built his spirit that's not what he says edifies himself you So when you pray in the spirit if there's a sickness or a problem in your body pray in the spirit and you will build rebuild repair your house watch this but he who prophesies edifies the church now in 1 corinthians 14 he's talking about the difference between praying in the spirit at home and praying in the spirit in the church now if all of us come together in the church one of us screams out and starts praying in the spirit because i'm the pastor we will stop for a moment and wait it doesn't do anyone good if one person prays in the spirit what we need is someone to prophesy what that person said. Are you with me? So what's he saying? Hey, it's good that that one prayed in tongues, but the better part is the one who prophesies what they said. Translates what they said. Because unless that person translates, none of us are edified. Are you with me? Verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. So he's talking about in the church. Then you come to verse 6. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Now, how many is that? Four. But what do you do before the four come? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. The more you pray in tongues, he says this. If I pray in tongues and I never say anything with the understanding, it doesn't benefit you. But if I pray in tongues, when I come to you, I'll have one of four. I'll either have revelation, I'll have knowledge, I'll have prophecy, or I'll be able to teach. Are you with me? So if I'm failing in any of these four, all I need to do is pray in the Spirit. Now, I submit to you, these are the New Testament rivers. The more you pray in the Spirit, now these rivers will begin to flow to you. Let me say this. As a, uh, I'll never forget. Years ago, I was remember I was praying in the spirit at my old job, where I worked at a bus company, and all of a sudden we had an issue with our um, our, our bus wash machine. I'll never forget it. We had an issue with our bus wash machine. This machine cost about four or five thousand dollars. It was expensive, and it stood about fifteen feet tall. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, just use your imagination. It had a pull bar and it had a motor on it. And you would literally pull it around the buses and as you pulled it around, it would wash. And it had a a motor on it that the wheels would turn as you pulled it, so it wasn't heavy. You could just lift up and it would walk with you. Well, after about two or three years, this bus wash machine breaks down. Now, I am no mechanic. No mechanic, I'm not, all right? I'm horrible with mechanical objects. (laughs) But all of a sudden, I saw the answer to the problem. Now, ask me how I, how I knew this problem, how I knew the solution. I have no clue. Still don't. All I can tell you is, as I prayed in the Spirit, all of a sudden, I had a revelation about something that I had no revelation about prior to it. I start telling the mechanics at our job, I think this is the problem. They say no. They order in $500 worth of parts, $500 worth of parts. None of the parts fix the problem. One day, I come over to it and I say, I think this is it. I mess with it for about 10 minutes. All of a sudden, the bus wash machine is fixed. Now, you might say, oh, that's nice. God gave Matthew some insight. Let me say this. If you pray in the spirit, things you have no understanding about, God will give you revelation. God will give you revelation. That's how life happens. And you know, the beauty of it is this. When they realized that the bus wash machine was fixed, they said, who fixed it? Then God goes, this guy fixed it. Now, I didn't jump up there and start praying in the spirit. Oh, I, 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 in the name of Jesus and everybody. No, no. You know what I did? I said, yeah, I, I, I just, I thought it was this the whole time. And they said, well, you need to fix some other stuff around here. Then all of a sudden, I have influence. Now, I can go on and tell you the rest of the story, but it's much like Miss Marion's testimony, right? I mean, she, she's, she's at this job and she's going, God, how'd I get here? All of a sudden, God gives her revelation about it. And now she's getting all these, uh, these testimonials, all these, these comments. How wonderful she was. She made me feel so important. I mean... And I'm sure she did. But the point is, when the favor of God comes on you, it's generally because you've been doing one of the four. Do do, do the one and the four will come. Four rivers. Now, can you say four? Four. Did you know that in the Old Testament, we have the shadow, but the New Testament is the substance, right? Would you like to see the four rivers in the Old Testament? Would you like to see them? Now, you don't have to turn there. In fact, I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to show you the names and we're going to break them down in the Hebrew, all right? Well, I won't break them down in Hebrew. I'll show you the definitions of the names. But the definitions are, the names are found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10 to verse 14, I believe. All right. Now in Genesis, God makes a garden and he puts the garden in Eden. For years, I thought Eden was the garden. But then if you read it carefully, you'll find in Genesis chapter 2, God made a garden and he put it in the land of Eden. Okay. Now don't forget, God put man in the garden and said, man, you are in charge of the garden, right? Then when Eve comes, he says, now you're in charge of the whole world. And all the women said, there we go. All right. You forgot our relationship piece. (laughs) All right. She enhanced the calling on his life. And everyone said, (laughs) there we go. All right. So God says, I'm going to put you in the garden. But in the garden, the garden is in the land called Eden. Now, the names are important. Eden, I didn't put it on the screen, but Eden means pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. Do you know that in his presence there is pleasure forevermore? For years as a kid, I thought, God, I don't want to go back to church. Not for years as a kid, but as a kid, I used to hate being in adult services. I want to go have fun with my kids because church just seemed like, oh, I have to go back. Then all of a sudden I got older and I realized church is fun. In the presence of God is pleasure forevermore. Once you encounter the presence of God, and we did as children, I can say, we encounter the presence of God, there is pleasure forevermore. I look forward to the days when people can't stop laughing in service and you don't get to preach. I look forward to that. Some of you may not remember that, but I remember that. I mean, do you remember, Stephen remembers it. We would, I, I still remember being a kid. I was on this side of the church. And all of a sudden, it might have been Mima. She bust out laughing. And I go, why is she laughing? We're in the middle of a service. Who? Miss Paul Miss Paul uh, and it, 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 she, I mean but people would just bust out laughing and then all of a sudden someone else is laughing before you know it everyone in the church is laughing and you're a kid going I missed the joke what was the joke I want to laugh too what was the joke but the presence of God hits and all of a sudden there's pleasure forevermore you realize in God's presence he's not so wound up and he's like actually hey guess what you can unbutton a little bit and we can enjoy each other right <laughs> you're in my house let's enjoy each other all right and the presence of God is pleasure forevermore now eden means pleasure But in Eden, there are four rivers. Now, before you get to the four rivers, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, one river split into the garden into four rivers. So again, what do you do? Have pleasure in the Lord. Continue to pray in the Spirit and do it so much so that it becomes fun. The more you do it, the more fun you will have. And all of a sudden, the four will come. Now, would you like to see the four rivers? Genesis chapter 2. The first river mentioned is Pishon. The second one is Gihon. The third is uh, if you have an old King James or a new King James, it's Hideko. But literally, I think the newer translations call it Tigris. Okay? The fourth one is Euphrates. So again, Paihan, Gihon, Tigris, Euphrates. Are you with me? Now watch this. Paihan means increase. I, I think that's a good word, increase. <laughs> Gihon means bursting forth. Okay? Increase, bursting forth. We can stop there and it's already good, right? But there's two more to go. Tigris or Hideko means rapidly or quickly. And the last one, Euphrates, means fruitfulness. Put it all together. What do you see? Increase, bursting forth quickly into fruitfulness. Now, it's like we said about two weeks ago when we were talking about tongues. The more you pray in the Spirit, what is the Lord hiding for all of us? What is he hiding for you? Aren't you glad that God veils certain things? He conceals certain things. But then he reveals it to you. And last week we saw whenever God reveals something to you, it's for you and for your children forever. Forever. Are you with me? What is God saying to you? If you will pray in the spirit, have pleasure in me. Increase will burst forth quickly into fruitfulness. Quickly into fruitfulness. I'm so glad it says quickly. Because some people think with God everything is slow. No, no, no. He doesn't move on our schedule, but he will make it happen quickly very, very quickly. I'll never forget when I started praying in the Spirit. Pastor Samuel, he's not here this morning. He called me and told me he had to go minister somewhere. And I said, please go. But I'll never forget when we first started at, in the early days, we were just finding out who who is this Joseph Prince guy? Who is he talking about? One of the, one of the first sermons we got, one of the first, it wasn't the first, one of the first was about tongues, which is where a lot of my, my foundation about tongues and grace came from. And we were learning about tongues. and I'll never forget as i started learning more about grace and learning more about tongues i got my job I've, I've shared that story i won't share it this morning but i made a point i said lord if i have to be by myself for eight hours a day and i get to have my headphones in i'm going to pray in tongues like it's no one else's business right i'm going to pray in tongues a lot so in the early days i would just pray in tongues for eight hours a day and i and said well that's a lot but i mean i had no one to talk to i was literally by myself for eight hours a day so i would put my headphones in listen to worship music and pray in the spirit now In the early days i started getting promotions very very quickly but then all of a sudden the promotions stopped now i'm not saying things got worse but let me say it like this four years later and christina is my witness she's helping in the children's church christina is my witness god is my witness four years later i'll never forget i was at pastor samuel's house one night and i said i'm starting to realize what the lord is doing and he said what do you mean i said it seems like the more we grow in grace the more we pray in the spirit I'm thinking God's going to do this, this, this. He's going to make it happen really quickly. But in a lot of ways, God is actually setting me up for long-term success. Long-term success. And I said, I I don't know how or when it happened, but at some point in the last four years, things have shifted in a very quick way. Now, it's not always on the surface. I think sometimes the Lord says, I want to confirm that this is true. So I'll make something that you can see happen quickly. That way you keep doing it. Then he's going to start working under the surface. He's going to start moving things around so that you have long-term success rather than just short-term achievements, All right? Now, the reason why I say that is this. As you continue to pray in the Spirit, we're coming to the end of 2018. As you pray in the Spirit, if it looks like things are not happening, believe me, that is a lie. That is a lie. The more you pray in the Spirit, the Lord is moving things that you can't see. He's preparing you for long-term success. Just keep praying in the Spirit. Just keep praying in the Spirit. And I promise you, you'll be happy you did. Can we keep going? I have more to share. What time is it? 12.24. Oh, you missed the game. (laughs) Luke chapter 11. (laughs) Luke chapter 11. I'll bring this to a close. Luke chapter 11. I I can skip one of my stories. I already told you one. Luke chapter 11. Now, Jesus says something really interesting here. And I'm only sharing this verse because, man, when I saw this, oh, I got excited. Luke chapter 11, it says, Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through what places? Dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my my house from which I came. Now, this is a beautiful story. Beautiful uh, truth. Demon, demonic spirits, when they leave a person, they go about looking for dry places. Now, the Holy Spirit in all of us, Jesus just told us, is like water. He's like water inside of us. And the more you pray in the spirit, it's like pulling that water out. Now, I personally don't believe a believer can be possessed. I believe you can be um, oppressed, but I don't believe you can be possessed. Okay. Knowing that truth, the devil, our enemies, are looking for dry places around us. They're looking for dry places. But the Holy Spirit is the opposite. He is water. Now, what happens if you begin to pray in the spirit? You're pulling out the water. When you pray in the spirit, that water will become rivers. Are you with me? That tells me the more I pray in the spirit, the less demonic influence can be around me. Right. Are you with me? The more you pray in the spirit, the less the devil can get accomplished in your presence because you are covering every area around you with water. You are covering every area around you. Begin to pray in the spirit and watch what happens to your marriage. Begin to pray in the spirit and watch what happens at work. Just watch. I was praying in the spirit and all of a sudden, I was, I, I won't tell you. I was praying in the spirit and I, I'll never forget I lost my job. And I got so angry, and I shared this before in a Bible study. I remember I got so angry, I said, Lord, what happened? You made all these good things happen here, and you did all this, Lord. What happened? And and I'll never forget, I was at home, I was um, studying when the news came. And the Lord told me this. He said, you were praying in the Spirit, right? I said, yes. He said, do you trust me? I said, yes, Lord, I trust you. Do you trust me? Lord, you know I'm trusting you as much as I can. (laughs) let's just be honest he came to Peter and said do you love me enough to die for me and Peter said I love you like a friend I'm translating all right Peter do you love me enough to die for me Lord you know I love you like a, like a like a friend then he came down to him and said Peter do you love me like a friend And he said Lord you know all things I love you the best I can he says great feed my sheep let me restore you now that you can admit you don't love me as much as I love you let's just be honest with the Lord so I told him, like, do you trust me? I'll never forget. I was, in my, I was at home. I'll never forget. And at the time, Christina had just, uh, Parker was just born. And it was the worst time in the world to lose a job. Worst time in the world. You have a newborn baby. Your wife just lost 30 pounds in a month. I mean, she can barely walk. The baby's here. We're all happy. And I'm the only one making money. And all of a sudden, you lose your job. Now, th- don't get me wrong. In the moment, the Lord said, do you trust me? And I said, Lord, I trust you as much as I can. But as I started praying in the spirit, God started moving things. And things started happening now let me say this at the end of the day it's not about saying oh you don't have to work just trust the lord just no 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 that is not what we are saying that is not what we're saying at all all right god will bring people into your life that will help you he'll bring people into your life that will get you to the next step all right Elisha was at the brook but the brook was not the destination <laughs> the destination was the widow's house are you with me but if you will pray in the spirit the lord can lead you and he can show you stop trusting your job stop trusting this person stop trusting this organization trust me trust me and i can cause everything around you to come alive trust me can i oh man can i close with this i'll close we'll skip second kings chapter two you can read that for yourself again it's a beautiful story They say, throw the salt in and the water gets healed. Let me close with this. In Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I've shared this story before in our church. This is one of those uh, things that the Lord shared with me personally. I didn't learn this from another preacher. I didn't read this in a book somewhere. I'll never forget. I was studying this and I got so excited when I saw the picture. And my hope, my heart, is at the end of this service, you begin to pray in the Spirit more. My heart is that one hour a day becomes the bare minimum, and that you run straight through that. (laughs) All right? Ezekiel chapter 47. Now, we're going to skip verse 1 and 2. Ezekiel has a vision, and in the vision, he sees the house of God. He sees the temple of the Lord. But when he looks down, he realizes that there's water coming out from underneath. He doesn't know where the water is coming from, but it's coming out from underneath the temple. Now, again, let me ask you, who is the house of God today? You are. He sees water coming out of it. Interesting. (laughs) All right, watch this. Pick up at verse 3. It says, and when the man, and the man he's talking about is an angel that's with him, a messenger from the Lord. This messenger from the Lord is walking him through to show him. Now, watch this. When the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured out 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Now, watch this. The first time they walked through is number one. He measures out 1,000 cubits. That's number one. The water is up to his ankles. You say, well, Matthew, I've been praying in the spirit as much as I can. Good. You're in ankle deep water. That's good. Let's keep going. Verse four. Again, he measured out 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. It's getting deeper. But this is the second time, right? Second time. It came up to my knees. Again, he measured out 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Keep praying in the Spirit. (laughs) Keep praying. If it trickles out, keep doing it until it gets more. And I promise you, the more you do it, the easier it will be. Just keep doing it. And the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance. Are you with me? That's number three. Now watch this, verse five. Verse five. Again, he measured out 1,000. This is the fourth time. How many rivers did we see in Genesis? How many things are activated when you pray in tongues in 1 Corinthians 14? Four. The fourth time again, he measured 1000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep Wow Too deep. We couldn't even cross it because it was too deep He says water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed He said to me son of man have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees i'm sorry along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other now watch this real quick let me let me let me uh let's pull back the veil and i'll close with this verse is that all right what are trees in the bible they speak of people in psalms excuse me i, I believe it's in psalm I, I think it's in Jeremiah. ah oh, don't get it wrong there's a verse in the bible somewhere that says all the trees of the field will clap their hands right i shared this before the only tree that branches don't go up, it's called the what? The willow. We call it the weeping willow tree, right? But all the other trees, their branches go up. It speaks of us. Our hands are up, lifted to God. God has put everything in creation for you to see and learn from. When you see the trees, it reminds you, lift up your hands to the Lord. Are you with me? Now, that said, do you know that in Revelation, there's a tree? There's one tree. And there's many trees that line up the road or the water that leads to the one tree. But, in genesis there's also one tree now I know we think two trees tree of life tree of knowledge of good and evil but as far as god is concerned there was only one tree that was in the middle all right go back and read it for yourself there's only one tree that god saw was in the middle eve when she was deceived thought both were the same only once she was deceived as far as God is concerned there's one tree and that one tree in the middle was called the tree of life in the book of revelation all the trees and the water, all of it comes to this one place in, the, in, in heaven. And that one place, there's a tree. And that tree is called also the tree of life. And all the leaves on that tree are good for healing. Interesting. Very interesting. Then right here, what do we see? There's a river that it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And it comes from the house of God. The more the water flows, the deeper it gets. And all of a sudden, as the water goes out, trees start sprouting up everywhere along the banks. The water has changed the soil. Are you with me? Where there seemed to be death in a certain area, if you pray in tongues, you'll begin to change the soil of your heart. I ask you to pray in the spirit before you come to church. (laughs) Change the soil before you come. Verse 8. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. Now watch this. It goes down into the valley. It goes down into the valley. I am believing God. I get to go to Israel next year. Thank you. Right. One of the, uh, the places that touched my brother the most, and he can tell the story, one of the places that touched him the most was the valley of the shadow of death. And when he told me the story, I never knew anything about it. I always thought valley, just a little valley between two mountains. And he told me, no, the valley is actually a pathway that is, when you walk, you can't see beyond two to three feet past you before there's another curve. So when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, literally someone can be standing at any corner and they can kill you, literally. So again, where does this water go though? into the valley, and it enters the sea. Sea always speaks of the nations of the world. I can give you examples, but I won't for the sake of time. The sea always speaks of the nations of the world, okay? When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Now watch this. We always have this picture that it's going to get worse before Jesus comes back. I think it will get worse. I think the world will continue to be the world. But there's a misbelief in the church That believers are going to be so few and far between. When Jesus comes back, only a few of us are going to make it. Only a select few. Let me say this. Jesus said, all right, when he was here, the way to hell is wide. There are many people going there. The way to heaven is very narrow. There's only a few. And we take that and we try to interpret it on this side of the cross. At Jesus' time, the way to hell was very wide. No one was preaching salvation through him. Jesus was the only one. But now that Jesus has gone, he has reversed the whole thing. In Jeremiah, he says, I will open up a highway of holiness. A highway of holiness. A highway of holiness meaning what? Even a fool will not err therein. In other words, you can be stupid. But if you say, Jesus, you're my savior, in your stupidity, you can't even mess it up. God is going to turn the whole thing around. He will fix the problem. He will take care of it. Will the world get worse? Yes, the world will get worse. But God will not lose. He cannot lose. <laughs> And the way God is going to fix the problem is by people speaking, praying in tongues, inviting the Holy Spirit into their house. Invite the Holy Spirit into your job. Invite the Holy Spirit into every relationship you have. And the more you invite him, I guarantee you this, we will see him move in a way we have never seen him move before. I don't believe that God is done with America. I believe God is moving in all places all over the world. I love watching what's happening all over the world. But I believe that there is still one more move yet to happen. Unlike anything we have ever seen. But it's going to take people praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit to come in, just by praying in the Spirit. And watch this. When it reaches the sea, when it reaches the nations, the waters are healed. Now watch this. I put this last verse in gold because this is the best part. Verse 9. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever wherever the rivers go, rivers, plural, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish. Jesus said, I will teach you how to be fishers of... Men. The more you pray in the spirit, the more people will be drawn. Yes. Oh, Amen. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed, and everything with everything will live wherever the river goes. Yes. Let me close with this. The more you pray in the spirit this week, my prayer for all of you and my prayer for myself is this: As we pray in the spirit, may healing break out where you're at. Yes. I'm serious. As you pray in the Spirit, may you begin to see the power of God in ways you've never seen before. As you pray in the Spirit, I mean, that's why I've been asking you to do it for so long. Let's keep praying in the Spirit an hour a day. Make it the minimum. Make it the minimum. But blow right through that, man. And see what the Holy Spirit can do. Because His promise to us is what? Everywhere the rivers go, life will happen. Everywhere the rivers go, healing will happen. Everywhere the rivers go, I'm telling you, dead things will come to life. And everyone said... Father, we thank you this morning for your word, Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning for your truth. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Center Church Podcast. We trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to receive more of our content in the future, you can email us at centerscharlotte at gmail.com or just visit our website at centercharlotte.org. Thanks for tuning in and may God's grace cover you in every area of your life.